0: When it's all said and done, when the pads are all packed up, the refs have packed away the whistles, and the parking lots are empty, one show with three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Please welcome A.H., Chris, and Rose. This is The Back Row, footy from the cheap seats on Triple M.
1: Well, just three weeks ago, the NRL season was bereft of a fairy tale. And then it all changed when the FNQ Cowboys squeaked into their semis and went on the run to end all runs. Mm. Filleted shark, jellied eel, (laughs) now barbecued chook. Setting up eight versus 1st next Sunday at Homebush and a potential fairy tale, and I am actively trademarking that word right now. Which seems odd, given that this Cinderella won the comp two years ago. You're on the back row, Triple M, with A.H. Chris and Rose. We sought all year to push the barrow of the Sydney clubs. They're all gone now. And we're sorry. But in their own small way, my mates' clubs have contributed to... This particular FNQ Cowboys fairy tale. AH, <laughs> the Dragons managed to implode and lose a lead with 15 minutes to go to allow the Cowboys to get into the semi finals. Thank you.
2: Oh, look, you're welcome. Uh, but also, I feel like uh, I feel like the Dragons probably wouldn't have beaten the Roosters in that game. Uh, I have previously said, I hate the Roosters. I've previously said that if we got a Storm Roosters grand final, like that's it. I'm walking into the ocean. So I was at the Golden Barley last night with the entire pub cheering for the Cowboys because everyone hates the Roosters. You're all welcome.
1: On behalf of St George Illawarra. And Rose, the Bulldogs delivered their role by playing St George by slaying the dragons in that final George round. Illawarra. I'm sorry, St. George laura So thank you. Are you on the Cowboys bandwagon or is it a road train?
3: <laughs> I am kind of. I Look, I, I was searching for a fairy tale in this grand final series and there really mm. wasn't one until uh, Saturday night when the Cowboys got into the grand final. And I'm happy for them because this is their chance to prove they are a winning team without Jonathan Thurston.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: Now, guys, use the word fairy tale a lot tonight because as of well, next week you'll have to pay me 20 cents every time it gets used. Interesting.
2: What Come, a grim prospect. Coming, uh. coming up tonight,
1: the Hottest sport taking over the nation Goldfish racing Can anyone in Sydney Get behind the storms And the Donald is at it again He's taking on sport We've got our regular features, the back wrap Back row of the week, and don't forget The podcast extra, Triple M Catch Up You're on the back row, Triple M Welcome back to the back row with our H, Chris and Rose on Triple M. There's a couple of groups of fans who are certainly living on a prayer right now as we enter into grand final week. (laughs) Losing coach Trent Robinson came up with a beautiful insight about the grand final when asked about it in the press conference last night. He said, what did he say, Chris? It's a two horse race. That's true. It takes me to the great time. It's no-horse
2: race. Broncos are out. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's the Broncos have been uh, put to the knackers, haven't they? So, look, here we are <laughs> in grand final week. It's a tremendous time. Even if your team is not there, and let's face it, for 14 groups of fans, their team is not there. But everybody seems to have a ritual on grand final day, something that they do with family or friends, where they watch it how they feel, what they get up to. Rose, what do you do come grand final day?
3: Well, as you guys know, my favourite place to watch rugby league is sitting on my couch with my partners screaming at the television. But I do go through a a, a similar emotions as a ritual every year. Mm. Um, I start the game enjoying Gus Gould. And by, the, and by the end, he annoys me.
2: I love him. He can do no wrong by me. He's,
3: you know, At the beginning, you're just so like, yes, Gussie, yes, this is great. He's hyping up the game. And by the end, he's just telling you everything that's wrong with the game and it's driving <laughs> me nuts. Um, so my, God, That sounds familiar, Rose. Yeah, so my, my ritual is normally, um, and, and also making fun of the performance, at whatever the music performance is before the game. Which, yep. which we know is Macklemore with no Lewis. So we clearly will not be making fun of it this <laughs> no, year. No, of course yeah. not. So I'd still ask, when you're screaming at the television, is the TV even on yet? That's what I always want to know. <laughs> I, I'll actually mute the television in the ad so I can scream loudly without the advertisements interrupting my anger. I'll
2: right. just like sort of get it out of the way, like so yeah. during the the game you are really focused, and yeah. then ad break you are just like no.
3: Zoe, Zoe loves it because I'll mute. <laughs> I bet she does. Yeah, I'll mute the TV and she'll go. Here we go. The and grand go, final is primal for <laughs> therapy. Hey <laughs> what's your tradition?
2: Well, look, I'm sure it comes as no surprise that Kaylee watches it at a pub. Wow. Um, yeah, I look. I, I really like pub culture. I think I. I don't think I have any. I, I want to watch it. With people so I can never really watch it at home also I don't have a telly um, <laughs> that which, doesn't which affects it like oh grand final on my iPhone um, but also I think it's just such a huge buy in to go and then I prefer not having to line up for 40 minutes to get a half strength drink kind of thing sure. I, I love the pub atmosphere I love everyone sort of coming together you know you eat your schnitty you get excited and something about being in a contained room where everyone's yelling really heightens the
3: experience for me what if it was the dragons in a grand final AH would you go then
2: oh uh, I I'm not sure. I think I'd have to reconsider it. Yeah, you're probably yeah. not
3: used to that. So. No, not used to it. No, <laughs> never to, faced it.
1: Depends no. to give you a ticket.
2: I started following the game in 2011. Oh, right, so right. and it was that grand final that inspired me to timing
3: is everything. To like, do it,
2: but yeah, yeah. So
3: it's like I'm pretty sure the game was created in 2010. So that's good. <laughs> now. I'm sure you're fascinated with what I do. No, no. Oh, okay, go I'll on. still tell
1: you. I actually go to the game. In fact, I've been to every game for more than 20 years ago, with the exception of the 2007. Seagulls versus Storms grand final. Hang on,
3: hang on. You've been to every grand final except for one in the last 20 years. This
1: is true. Wow. Right. wow. And I didn't go to that one because. That's cause, amazing. Because God, so God help me. So rich. God help well, me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> God help me. I went to a dance music festival. What was I thinking? Yeah, what were you doing? Turns out Macklemore was performing. That's exactly right. With Lewis. With Lewis. You're on Triple M's The Back Row. You're on Triple M's The Back Row with A.H. Chris and Rose. Give it away now. Thanks for the woo feeling.
3: Give it away, give it away, give it away now. We will give it away. <laughs> I love that bit of the Because show. <laughs> we've had
1: two preliminary finals, so it must be time for... It's Chris Gales, The Back rap. Friday night took us down to Amy Park, where the Melbourne Storms put on the Brisbane Broncos. Referee Matt Chechen one up Adam Blair from the previous week. He put his arms around both captains before. <laughs> I mean, can he find himself? Clearly a listener of this show. <laughs> Look, I was, I don't know about you guys, but I was amazed. It was a -a mistake-a-thon. I've never seen two elite teams make so many errors. Mm. There were so many long kicks that the next Gus Gould podcast will be called Seven Tackles with Uh. Gus. But it was Cooper Cronk's night. He was nervously sucking in the big ones as he ran on. He had a kick chase described by and Astor as astronomical, Mm. whatever that means. Mm. Mm. Try assist and most importantly ended up being a really nice cushion for Adam Blair's elbows towards the end of the game. After a tense 8-0 lead at the halftime for the Storms, they built their success on a very specific strategy, run at Darius Boyd's hamstrings. <laughs> yeah. And it was those...
2: Play them sweetly. It was,
1: it was those attacks plus plays of the highest calibre, the Jordan McLean run and, I don't know, Felice Cafusi, his line running and offloads were exquisite. Yep. And there was little the Broncos could do about it. At the 53-minute the mark, Bags Marshall arrived. Bags <laughs> failed bags to eat! deliver.
4: Bags, Bags,
1: Bags. Not, not much for the Broncos <laughs> bags, to reflect bags, on bags. apart Sorry. from Corey Oates's as described by the great Joe John's worst kick in NRL history. <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> what and, about
3: Brock Lamb? Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot of kid, the Lamb shank. Exactly. We haven't got to the Roosters game yet, so <laughs> it's the worst True. kick before the Roosters game.
1: <laughs> but for the fans of Tricky Tricks, it was good to see Ben Hunt steal Tohu Harris's boot at one stage and throw it away Jimmy Maloney style. <laughs>
3: Tricky Tricks. Tricky Tricks.
1: And the Broncos got to say goodbye to Adam Blair and get it out a sorcerer of cream, New Zealand Warriors,
3: because there's an absolute cat coming to town. Ooh i, I got to say, for a, for a game, the, the the ending score of that game, 30-0, did, definitely did not reflect how good and how close that game really was. Yeah. The yeah. floodgates opened towards the end and, and the storm got away. But, man, the Broncos, the, that first half, even though there was a lot of drops, was really end-to-end exciting footy, like fast-paced footy. Mm,
2: I was so angry that the storm won, but at the same time I was like, oh, I'm like, this sucks. Oh, it's such a good game. No, know, it was Made great. me feel alive.
1: Uh, we should pay a tribute to the Prime Minister. 13 games up in Papua New Guinea yesterday. Uh, the Jillaroos w- prevailed over the Orchids, 42 points to four. Oh, nice. yeah. And the Kangaroos over the Kormals, who were weakened because the PNG Hunters are in the Interest Super Cup up in Queensland today. They won 48-8 to 8 on the back of Teddy Tedesco's and Tommy Turbo's triples of tries. Try saying that quickly. <laughs> no, thanks. And then it was on to the tropical conditions that prevailed at Ali Orton Stadium last night as the mm. Roosters wilted in the conditions, which were exacerbated by the fact they had flamethrowers which heated the arena every time <laughs> a player seemed to move on the field or do something different. Could For you the... feel them? Oh, yeah. Oh, you could feel them, baby. Yeah. For the Cowboys. They're it, so
2: great early in mid-season. I know. It warm been you up. Terrific General in July. Seats, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For the Cowboys, it was just another day in paradise.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> this fairy tale, they won one of their last six regular season games going into the playoffs. Who most recently did that? The Cronulla Sharks. Mm. So we know how that ended up. Mm. Yeah, the go boys. boys. Let me tell you, it was tough being surrounded by Roosters fans continually crowing on about the repeated offside that they saw with the Cowboys. Mm. Bleat, bleat, bleat. Cock-a-doodle
2: doofuses.
0: Sorry.
1: First half didn't offer much. It was a bit of an arm wrestle, just punctuated by former Tigers Tamari Martin' dazzling run, Latrell's Mitchell's dazzling deep and Kyle Felt's dazzling groin strain as he actually yeah. kicked off towards the end of the first half. It was just like Darius pulling his hamstring to the sound of the halftime siren. Be careful, guys. This match, to me, was all about the second half. It was so topsy-turvy, but no more so when Justin O'Neill gifted the ball to the Roosters to lead to Blake Ferguson's try, and then turn around and smash said Blake Ferguson, got the turnover, led to Fuzzy Felt going over in the corner, bad groin and all. Yep. To secure a lead, the Cowboys would never relinquish. There was another astronomical kick from Latell Mitchell that went 63 metres. Unfortunately, it was a kickoff.
3: How do you do that twice in a game? How do you kick it off and it goes dead on the full twice? I mean, the first time mm. you do it, you think... I'm probably never going to do that again in my entire career. 20 minutes later, he does it again. What are these uh, Roosters fans doing complaining about the refs and the offsides? That's what they should be complaining about. See,
2: I often sometimes find that problem with, like, spelling a word or following an instruction when you've been told to do the opposite because then you go to do it and you're like, okay, so I need to do the opposite of the thing I'm thinking of.
3: Right. So, oh, which so, one
2: was it? And then you accidentally end up making the mistake again. So That's if you my the, analogy. If you
3: were the kicker for that for the Roosters, you would have kicked it off out on the full the other way. No, I would,
2: I would have been like, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to do it bad this time. Right. I'm supposed to do it good, and then you do it bad. Right,
1: right. Anyway, it was that point that Robbo started to write his two-horse race grand final speech. In the end, it was a 90% completion rate that got the Cowboys home, and the Chooks had a 13-5 to 5 error count, which you point out, Rose, was critical. Yep. So bring on the fairy tale at the Magic Kingdom, a.k.a. ANZ Stadium, next weekend, to see the <laughs> final chapter. If we, to, we want to hear about your grand final days, give us a call on 13353. This is Triple M's The Back Row.
2: What's your ritual?
3: Yeah, to wear an eye patch, man.
1: I love that Mick Rosson crashing chord. This is Triple M's The Back Row with A.H. Chris and Rose. The poor old Sydney Roosters, they have the same
3: colours as North Korea. Fun fact. <laughs> 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 hey... Uh... <laughs> Just quietly, a good mate of mine, Chad Griffin, has messaged me just recently saying, stop bagging my chookies. I'll never stop.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we are dedicated to the cause. We yeah. will never stop. We are relentless. We are the back row. But we're looking for more things to do. And our show producer and all-round good guy, uh, DJ Felix, is uh, doing some uh, entertainment at a club called, can I mention the name of it, Felix? Absolutely. The Scary Canary. It's-
3: oh, what a fine establishment. Just around the corner from
0: these fine studios, it's their mm. 13th birthday this week. Oh, wow. Happy birthday
1: oh. to the Canary. I happy thought Bar
2: Mitzvah. Thought it, Mitzvah. Lucky
1: 13. Yes. I, I didn't think you'd get past six months. <laughs> <And if laughs> Much I like look, us. If I look at what's on the uh, menu for the week in terms of entertainment, guys, uh, this stuff looks pretty familiar. KY Jelly Wrestling. Oh, would we'll love it. Mm. A foam party, mm. lolly bags, and something called a wet tea contest, which I think is something that Jonathan Thurston specializes in or something like that. So
3: just kind of like that tea fair they have at the, yeah, you know, at the, the Easter show? The tea he yeah.
1: gives to the kids, yeah. Right. Or something like that. I mean, to be honest, that just sounds like a Thursday night at home for me. But there's something that's caught my eye. There's goldfish
3: racing. I mean, tell more, Felix. Well, you'd think that uh, goldfish racing would be a little
0: boring with them swimming around in circles. But you I, sure would. I had to do my research and figure out how this whole thing works so that right. when I turn up, I know how it all runs. Yep. And basically, you've got these really long lanes with an individual fish in them. And so
2: they do have lanes. Yes, right. but
0: each contestant has a straw. And you have to blow into the straw behind the fish and blow the goldfish along
3: oh, to the I finish line. Oh, I
2: this. sounds horrible and cruel. I'm telling you,
3: the RSPCA I is mean, going to be on you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, <laughs> well, with, a, with a big
2: old straw behind you. Right. So it's not so much goldfish race, goldfish racing, as it is just like goldfish battery.
3: <laughs> yeah. You Gold- can, guys, you can catch them and eat them, but yeah. don't blow them with a straw. <laughs> yeah. What are you animals? <laughs> goldfish prompting. Now, of course, we were huge
1: fans of the baby racing out at South Sydney early this yeah. year. Yeah. Can you guys get excited by this idea of goldfish racing, or you're a little a bit appalled, like I feel.
2: Uh, I think you're going to need a big straw to blow a baby from behind. I regret that sentence. <laughs> oh, I regret that sentence immediately. But you know, to push a baby from behind uh, with air propulsion, mm. um, yeah. I don't know. I think if we, could I think it would really work for television if we could get real small small animals in tanks on the field.
0: Bring yeah. your camera crews to Scary Canary
1: tomorrow. There you go. Yeah. But I, but I tell you what, if you want to know the definition of a short-term job prospect, <laughs> that would be a goldfish trainer because you tell them what to do and they'd forget it all five seconds later. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Take
1: you. You are on the back row from Triple M with A-H, Chris and Rose. And we've got a grand final involving two out-of-town teams, the mm-hmm. F&Q Cowboys and the very far south Queensland Storms. <laughs> They have a chance to put their stamp next Sunday as the team of the decade. They also have a chance to put Coach Bellamy into hospital if they play like they did in the first half of last Friday's game. I don't know if you guys saw the footage of him constantly sprinting up the back of the box (laughs) when just the minor errors were being made by his team. He's an emotional man, Bellier. Very much so. And look, the storms of people too. Do you realise they take Dale Finucane into this game who has lost recently the 2012, 2014 and 2016 Grand Finals? Wow. So... I think the storm deserves some support. Is there any way you can see your way clear
3: to support the storms, Rose? No. A.H.? No. Felix? No. Gus Gould? No,
0: no, 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 no. (laughs) On Triple M, this is the back row.
1: That was Walls Came Down With The Call, which is a song that'll probably get revived after the Trump builds his wall, but I don't know. And speaking of North Korea, because who isn't? um, (laughs) I I wonder if Elton John will play Rocket Man at Wynn Stadium in his concert tonight. Oh, come on. Won't that be a beautiful put your phones in the air tonight. I really want to go. Damn it. I
2: played myself.
1: Mm. Well, this, of course, takes us to what else are we going to do to fill the void that will be left when there's no more footy? Yep. What are we going to occupy our minds with? What's going to entertain us? Rose, you've got something for us.
3: Yeah, something that came across the wire this month, a new musical coming to town. And I think a lot of people have been waiting for this one for quite a while. And that is The the Book of Mormon, the musical uh, by uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, as we know, as the creators of South Park. They did Team America and a bunch of other things. Really talented guys. Now, here's the thing about those two dudes. They've uh, they've suffered a lot of censorship in their time. You know they do some pretty racy stuff. Uh, for example, the video games uh, that they release have been censored throughout Australia. The last times the last couple yep. of years have been released. Yeah, they've got a game coming out in a month, and it's not going to be uncensored for the first time. So that's a big coup for Australian gaming that the, the censorship started to relax. But they're the biggest thing is they're bringing uh, the Book of Mormon. To Australia Chris, are you aware of this musical?
1: Well, I am actually I think it's just had a run Down, well, so. in, yeah, down in Melbourne right. And of course I think everyone who went to Melbourne Was done on the proviso That it was only playing in Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, of course I saw it in London, but anyway, yes, I, actually...
2: I just think uh, like I think it's quite interesting what you were saying, Rose. Like the fact that they've previously been so censored, and now with Book of Mormon, they're so beloved. And I think that just shows like the power of Broadway, the power of, of you know a musical because like you just whack music to it, and then suddenly people are sweet with it. Oh. It's kind of like uh, kind of like Dennis Carnahan with rugby league, the musical. Yeah. He's he's a horrible person, like a, a real Carmichael Hunt, if ever there was one. Who
3: oh, Dennis? Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. and you know yeah.
2: that's in Queensland, and people love him. I
3: uh, I, I think you. You're right, and I think maybe Trump could do with a Trump musical. Maybe people would like him more if there was a musical about it. Maybe I that's the he answer. Did. to It was it.
2: called uh, what, Springtime for Hitler.
3: <laughs> what a beautiful
1: PR exercise that would be! Now, the, the show itself is about uh, two Mormon missionaries who go to Uganda to preach the the gospel as according to the Mormons with three books uh, rather than two. Mm. And what's uh, really, really interesting from uh, the perspective of the church itself, everyone thought the Mormons would be up in arms, Mm. but to their credit, they got completely behind this because on the old adage that any publicity is good publicity. Free advertising.
2: Mormons can't get angry. They're so chill. (laughs) Like you you yell at them in your dressing gown with, you know, like a bit of, undies sticking out on a Sunday morning and they're just like, cool, sorry.
3: I think they're nice to everyone because everyone's nice to them but they just forget they have their name on a name tag right there. That's why everyone knows their names. (laughs) The underpants
1: are magnificent, by the way. And in the programs they have uh, pictures of smiling Mormons actually in the Book of Mormon program going, you've seen the show, now read the book. (laughs) (laughs) That is genius. Triple M's the back row with A.H. Chris and Rose. Soundgarden fell on black days. That reminds me that the fact that we're repping Des Hasler at the moment while he's out of work. Mm. He's prepared to do anything along the lines of event planning. Mm. The mad professor happy to do weddings, parties, footy teams, anything. And speaking of coaches... Great band. You know, Terrific weddings, band. parties,
2: footy teams, anything. <laughs>
4: Yes, I'd like to
1: welcome you all here today to a beautiful wedding. I think Des is just, I mean, forget coaching Des, just get involved in what you're really good at. (laughs) And speaking of coaches doing it tough, Shane Flanagan wrote a letter of apology about 10 days after that press conference that we all remember where he basically blamed the referees for the Sharks being bundled out of the competition against the FNQ Cowboys. I think it was heartfelt. He said he owed an apology to the fans, and we're all fans, so I hope you guys accepted it in the spirit at which it was intended. Yeah. He had an apology to the game. And he also included a clause in the original draft saying, I'm writing this letter to try and get my $30,000 fine reduced, please, Todd. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't in the final draft, but it has inspired all sorts of cultural responses, including a song from Gal, but it's not the Gal we think of, is it, No, AH? it
2: is. No, it is. Gal makes an incredible cameo uh, in Rugby League, the musical by Dennis Carnahan. He's he's right there.
1: But it's not the Gal from the Cronulla Sharks. It's Gal from the Rugby League, the musical. Where's it playing still?
2: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the feel like you ruined the joke there mate <laughs> uh, The Bridge Hotel in Roselle uh, Tomorrow Monday night, $20 Get on in there. 730 and so, PM. Yeah and so Let's have a good old listen to this uh, Galchen.
4: And then we get to the real, real Important ones. Paul Gallen Oh thanks Shano <clears throat> I know a man called Shane Flanagan He was offended by the ref's Shenanigans. Trying to Distract from losing a Finals game. Poor old Shane Flanagan blew up again game. <laughs> you know, I was spoken to BC Brian Canavan about, you know, I'm not paying any money here, so. He said he had a word with Brian Canavan. Flano doesn't want to be fined. Ten grand again. Then he calmly ranted about Ashley Klein again. Poor old Shano. Flanagan ref rant again. Oh, Shano. No, no, Trent (laughs) feels. Last year when we won the premiership, he didn't mind when 50-50 calls favoured him. Now we're on the other side. He finds his voice again. Poor old Shano. No flanging and refrain again I don't know Todd Greenberg said there's a culture of blame in our game. Barrett and Arthur both had a good wine again. Losing coaches always blame the whistle, man. Poor old Shane Flanagan, 30 grand again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Shano. That's Shane Flanagan by Dennis Carnahan from Rugby League, the musical. And you can check out Rugby League, the musical tomorrow night at the Bridge Hotel in Roselle, $20 on the door or from Moshtix.
1: Triple M is the back row. A.H., Chris and Rose, I think everyone in Sydney is saying the Cowboys, that's my team. Hell
3: yeah. I <laughs> think.
1: So it's almost 7 o'clock. I'm thinking food. Rose, I think you've been having battles again with your dinner menu. What's on the menu tonight?
3: Okay, guys, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I have a couple times told you some crazy Uber stories. I get involved in Uber uh-huh. quite heavily. I, I probably catch like two Ubers a day. And we love this new system of the Uber Eats. Have you guys tried Uber Eats Have yet? done so. Right. So it's essentially like an Uber driver and he'll bring you your dinner right so you can i talked to an uber driver about this the other day you can choose it's just a button on the app whether you want to just be an uber driver or you want to do uber and uber eats and some people choose it some people don't but here's the thing when you do uber eats you're supposed to be like a food delivery person so you're supposed Mm. to bring the food to your front door now we live in an apartment building on the eighth floor uh, and there seems to be the last month or so um A lot of the drivers don't want to come to your front door anymore. They'll ring you out the front of the building. Hey, can you come down? Which is fine. Look, if they ring me and say, hey, can you come down? I can't find a parking spot. That's fine. All right, cool. I'll come down and get it. Last night, though, we ordered dinner... And the app tells you where the car is on the GPS system. It gets outside our house and then it notifies us the food's been delivered. We get no knock on the door, no ring, no nothing. And I'm like, what's going on? And I think, oh, I'll go downstairs. Maybe he's hanging out the front door figuring out He's how a to- bit shy. Yeah, maybe he's shy. Right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's
2: shy. Oh, I think it's Rose from the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: right. What do I quick think of something funny? Oh, God. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> so I go downstairs and there's our food just sitting on the front steps of our building out on the street. <laughs> <laughs> was it was thank
4: it thank you felix was it
3: plighted? <laughs> It was in bags. It's in the Uber bags. (laughs) It's plated. No, it was on a chopping board. Ah! One of those hipster places. But I don't understand this thing. He didn't even ring us. he's just dumped the food like a mailman. Mm. Just dumped the newspaper in front of the house and notified the app, not us. I'm so sorry this happened to you, Rose. My burger was cold.
1: Yeah, you think this is bad, but at least you're not living in London, my friend, because they've banned Uber in London overnight. Really? Yeah, the taxi driver lobby has been successful and there are no Ubers. In the Greater London CBD. How about that? To
2: be fair, to be fair, they were like, hey, so we have all these sort of strict regulations for, you know, this kind of thing for carrier drivers or, you know, people carrying drivers. Uh, Do you reckon you might want to, you know, start following these regulations? And they were like, no. And they're like, all right, well, you're illegal then. Well, what
3: regulations are in England that aren't here, though? How come we're fine with it and they are? No, well,
2: we're not technically. Like, it was illegal when they first started Correct. here and cops were singing them and then like the, the New South Wales Liberal Government kind of, you know, free market trade, all that kind of thing. So we decided it, it was alright.
3: Why can't UK do that?
2: Why can't London I just go, it's I, fine? I think it's because they do their job. <laughs> it's
3: either got
1: Trump's or King Jong-un's fingerprints <laughs> all over it. But I do like the app because you can watch when your chicken is heading up to Hornsby going in the completely wrong direction. <laughs> at, least, at least you know it's not arriving. It's
2: Dennis Carnahan stealing but it. But the key question is,
1: despite all this stress, how was dinner?
3: Delicious.
1: <laughs> You're on I'm Triple M. M's The Back Row. This is The Back Row. During the week, the Daily Telegraph gave us 50 reasons to like the Roosters. Well, last night they gave us another one as they rolled over in the last 20 <laughs> minutes to escort the Cowboys via a saloon passage into the big dance next Sunday. While we've got the opportunity, thanks to the Triple M football team for all their hard work this weekend. I got an opportunity to say hello to Dan as He was working the podium with Ryan Gerdler. Sorry, Girdler. You dropped something there. Yeah. Whoa,
3: hello, Chris. How are you? So, That's what exactly it what
1: he said. sounds like. With Ryan Girdler and Wendell Saylor as they were part of the walk-up from Driver Avenue to the entry gates, and they were creating to the atmosphere which was humid and tropical. This is the back row on Triple M with A-H, Chris and Rose. Every season needs a narrative, and now we have one. We've got the old good versus evil. The rhinestone cowboys take on the Bermuda Triangles. <laughs> A-H, you're good. Which flag will you be flying next Sunday?
2: Oh, cowboys all the way. I mean, I won't be flying any flags. We've spoken before about how scarves are an easy buy-in to pretend you're a fan. Won't be doing that either, but I'll be raising quite a few drinks to them. Hmm. Go the Cowboys, stuff the roosters. Stuff the roosters, but also stuff the storm, they are stuff, (laughs) stuff the storm.
1: Rose, you're the personification of evil, storms all the way for you.
3: Chris, do you remember back to the beginning of this show when you guys asked me who's going to win the grand final at the end of the season? Yes, Mm -hmm. I do. Who do you remember I said was going to win the grand final?
2: Oh, you said the storm because it was the most obvious answer that (laughs) anyone could give. The
3: Glebe Dirty Reds? (laughs)
2: Adelaide Rams
3: (laughs) The storms The storms Look the fairy tale Of the Cowboys Pulling it out And being the dream breakers They are Is ending here The storm are going to crush them
1: You love breaking the hearts Of
3: little children All over this I love a good bad guy win I love a heel win Yeah
1: In Mm. this hour We do a preview Of the grand fairy tale Coming at ANZ Stadium Next (laughs) Sunday We find out Why Donald Trump Hates all sport And we look at The $10 note the latest first world problem we've got. Back row of the week in our podcast extra. This is the Back Row Triple M. Triple M's the Back Row with A-H, Chris. And Rose, keep the applause to a minimum, please.
2: <laughs> for, those who came in, do.
1: for those who came in late, the Cowboys have made the grand final. They are the Spoiler phantoms. Alert. They are the phantoms of the NRL. The ghost who walk the team that cannot die. How do we think next week is going to pan out, guys? Is it going to be a fairy tale? Rose, what do you think?
3: Oh, look, uh, you know, we talked about this just before, but, um, you know, the, the real thing for the Cowboys is can they win a grand final without Jonathan Thurston? And this is the real fairy tale we've got now is because mm. two years ago they won the grand final, they legitimized themselves as a team, but people still said after that grand final, well, you know, Jonathan Thurston in your team, anything's possible. Yeah. This year they've really been tested. You know, the Rabbits had to play without GI, didn't go so well. Sure. Mm. Cowboys having to play without JT have really stepped up. They've really stepped up. So I want to see the Cowboys do good, but man, the Storms just destroyed the Broncos at the end of that game. They looked so good.
2: What I really like is that it's an inversion of the Cowboys' fairy tale because uh, in 2015 it was all about getting JT his win, future He's immortal, young, yeah. never had yep. one. And now it's about proving that they can do it without JT with a, you know, first in 49 years win in between. But So it's sort of like a palate cleanser, you know, a little bit of a mint bait. But I really love that we're sort of, yeah, we've I- completely inverted it and, uh, you know, it's- two out of three grand finals are all about JT, even well, when he's not on the field.
1: That would be the irony. If the Cowboys prevailed, they'll have won two premierships this decade, mm-hmm. which is better than the Storms. And everyone says the Storms is the team of its era. So He might a have lot of... to
2: look out for his job. That's... They win without him. He's you getting... know what? Yeah, You're too expensive. Know. We don't need you. Come
3: on, guys. Let's get real here. The Storm are going to crush those uh... ca- that Cowboy team, right?
1: But no, I don't know.
3: I, I love all the subplots. I
1: mean, the Storms, it's the unlosable game.
2: The narrative, yeah.
1: Yeah, you've got the Matt Scott byline. Was he going to play last night? Well, the answer was no. And what Kitty in the Cowboys team would have to step aside if they do play their co-captain in the big one? I mean, he's, you know, a superstar. Mm. That's, a, that's a great line. We've already talked about Dale Finucane as being, you know, a, a totem for failure as the Storms, but he'll be out there.
3: You know, it's funny because, you know, AFL's also having their grand final right now and there's something similar between the two grand finals. There's the first place teams, the Crow and the Storm, going up against the dream underdogs in the Cowboys and Richmond. Both are going and with the best team
1: destroying them. The Richmond Tigers is another fairy tale, that's for sure. And again, you're the evil sis- stepsister, aren't you? Rose? Yes, you're crushing dreams. <laughs> it's over.
2: Well, you know what? If JT does end up losing his job when they win, and or if they win and they realise we don't need, they don't need him. Mm-hmm. Ugh, words. Ah, uh, he's it, it, actually really lucky because he signed with Sony this week. Oh, he's, that's good. He signed with bloody Sony, and we actually have exclusive footage of his first hit single. <laughs> <Psst>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're on Triple M's The Back Row with A.H. Chris and Rose. If you vote yes in the plebiscite, you might just get a little present from Joey Johns. Just ask Billy Peden. Isn't mm. that nice? Now, the Donald has been all over the press all the time, but this week he's gone after sport. Rose, what's happened?
3: <laughs> well, you know, look, I'm, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Trumpy Boy. I think he's very entertaining. <laughs> as he's a your kind of people. <laughs> well, yeah. he's just a great, uh, he's just a, a personality that keeps on giving. Every day you wake up and Trumpy boy's done something stupid uh, that's entertaining to me. Now, this week, he's decided to uh, target sport. Uh, Now, um, Stephen Curry was interviewed uh, after a game, a preseason game, I think. Curry from
1: the Golden State Warriors, the basketball
3: team. the NBA star, yes, the champion Golden State Warriors. And he was asked the question um, that most teams are asked after they win a championship, and that is, will you be going to the white house because it is tradition for the, the nba champions to visit the white house um and the, he it was met with a pretty forceful no in at this live uh, interview he was not very interested in going to see trump for a, you know a few obvious reasons um and uh, the next morning he woke up to a tweet back from trump saying pretty much something like, uh, you know, if you don't respect the flag (laughs) and you don't want to come and see me when you win a title, then your whole team is uninvited. Whole team? So Trump uninvited the Golden State Warriors to the White House, uh, which uh, blew LeBron James's top, and he tweeted back um, a bunch of things, basically stating um, that you... You you can't say you're not going to a party and then uninvite that person that said they're not coming to your party. And he called him a bum.
2: Yeah, which is my favorite part of that tweet. He wrote, "You bum," (laughs) which uh, I incidentally I've been trying really hard lately, Felix. You're up to date on this to try and bring bum bag back as an insult. You bum bag. Wow. Um. So I'm making it happen. And I feel like LeBron is is you know helping me in that campaign. We love a good campaign here on the background. If
3: someone called me a bum bag, I'd say, "What you convenient piece of clothing that carries all the things (laughs) I need at a festival?" That's a that's a compliment.
2: Yeah, but it it doesn't always need. Uh, you know, like another one that I love is Gumnut. Like, oh, some. Oh, a yeah. gum nut over there, like yeah. it's great. It's it's how you say it, you know. Uh,
3: yeah. Trump's clearly being a gum nut, Chris. I think in certain
1: Australian company, it's a compliment to be called a gum nut, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> really, little twins like Snuggle Pot and Yeah, Come they were. Like that's yeah, kind of annoying. But that's an interesting though. point about etiquette. About once you invite someone, can you uninvite them simply because but they, they have been no? invited? Yeah, you, ca- it's, you can't find oh, me. Like. Yeah, yeah, no, Yeah,
2: no. Steph Curry was like, "I don't reckon I'll go," and he was like, "Well, none of you can go." Which, incidentally, and I think this is perhaps history may one day show that this will be quite fitting for Trump to punish a whole group of people based on the actions of one person. In the Geneva Convention that is actually a war crime.
4: Right.
3: (laughs) Fake news. Fake convention.
1: It was also in the press today that Chris Warren, the son of the great Ray Rabbits Warren, mm. was telling an anecdote that he's had to carry with him for some time now, that he was in Las Vegas at the Shark Bar. <laughs> Didn't you know? I thought the Shark Bar was just down the road yeah. here in Golden Street. Yeah, I guess it's a franchise. <laughs> but it's obviously a franchise in Vegas. Yeah. And he'd been to, uh, calling some fight with ESPN. I think Costa Zoo was involved. And loving you all. And a drink was sent over to him by a young woman who just wanted to say hello, and it turned out to be Ivanka. Oh. Oh. And Aww. so they chatted for a couple of, I don't know what they would have had, Shirley Temples. Raps, or... you
2: slide?: Oh, <laughs>
3: Seconds, I'm going to say seconds.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I'm not very familiar with, it, with what happens in these situations, but maybe a relationship or a friendship can blossom. But unfortunately, two promotional models then got up on stage with big, supersized boxing glove and started to have a fake fight and he lost oh, Vanka's well. attention. <laughs> don't blame him. <laughs> But can you imagine they if say, big love. that's right. Yeah. But can you imagine if that relationship had blossomed and jumped forward to Christmas dinner because the Warrens and the Trumps get together to celebrate everything that is appropriate at that time of year? <laughs> How would it have gone, Rose? Uh,
3: How would it?
2: Have... <laughs> a little something,
3: a little <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> Ray, this stuffing is the best stuffing I've had all holidays. Well, Donald, can you just pass some more of the cranberry sauce? I love your work. I'm sorry, I'm the leader of the Free World. I don't understand a word you're saying to right now.
1: Whoa, I can't believe it. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, it's great to oh be God. here. This is awful. <laughs> You're on Triple M's The Back Row.
3: Fake news. Not a real station.
1: You're on Triple M's The Back Row with A.H. Chris and Rose. And there's an opener, isn't there, Felix? <laughs> the Triple M Footy Voice. And it turns out there was. Over the last six oh weeks, God. Triple M has been running a competition called the Triple M Footy Voice, where we asked our listeners to send in their best rugby league commentary. Good idea not to send in your worst, isn't mm, it? Yeah.
2: Oh, I don't know. I think it's a real creative
1: angle. Up for stakes. It's a great prize, guys. It was a commentating experience, tickets to the NRL Grand Final, and possibly the start of a new career with Triple M. We've had some outstanding entries, and over the last few weeks, we've been eliminating contestants, but in a really, really humane way. Yeah. Mm. You're lost. <laughs> Earlier today on the Triple M Sunday NRL show, we announced the winner of the Triple M Voice, footy voice for 2017. It's congratulations to Albie Talarico. Yay!
2: And we have him on the line. Albie Tallarico, you're a friend of the show, so we're super excited. Uh, and also yesterday when you were like, oh, hey, guys, guess what? I'm like, in the top two, isn't that exciting? We were like, that is a brand new fact that we are not aware of.
0: <laughs> How do you feel to have won, Albie? Oh, it's fantastic, you know. I mean, to be a part of the the house that Doug partially built all those years ago, <laughs> and like I can tell you now, in the interest of Super Premiership Grand Final, it's Wyong 6, Penrith nil, and wow. about Minutes to go till the first half. Oh, he's good at that, oh, isn't exciting. he? Uh, that, was, that was very professional.
2: Oh, half time. No, I can't do it as well as. That's not what always. he sounds like. <laughs> Albie, would you
1: describe the game as an arm wrestle in your professional commentating opinion?
0: Oh, and then some. It's been a spectacular game of rugby league thus far, full of athleticism and very much an arm wrestle. Wyong is slowly just in front. The, um, the game straight up the middle is, uh, is the forwards just getting that possession and the field position a little better than Penrith. Albert,
1: hey, you've the got wallet. the job, mate. You've won yeah, the yeah. yeah. you are right, it's it's Elby.
0: It's over. i <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: now, is it true that you won because of your ability to lift your voice three octaves in five <laughs> seconds during an exciting call?
0: I think that had something to do with it, yes. And tell and us, I just want, and I just wanted to also say congratulations to Tony Salerno who came second. Oh, yes. yeah, good and on you, know, Tony. What a, terrific, what a what a terrific fellow he was. And I, you know, it was just you know when, when he was like going in for the uh, to the, like you know sending the, the Christians into the line, so to, so to speak. One of us came out alive.
1: Yep. And, and when and when you go into that metaphoric <laughs> coliseum next week, Albie, what game are you calling?
0: Believe it or not, here we go again. Manly and Parra. Oh.
3: oh.
0: So, yeah. And uh, I spoke with Jeff Gerard earlier on today and had a bit of a chat to him. Uh, he's played four grand finals and never won one. That's an interesting. Stat, but, uh, mm. So we're, re- we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you just never know what could happen afterwards. It's, I suppose it's like an audition, so to speak. But, yeah, we'll do our best and uh, make sure that uh, we give the listeners a bit of entertainment.
1: Oh, he's good, isn't he? I'm sure like the Beatles, you'll pass the audition. Congratulations. (laughs) Good on you, Albie. My friend, and all the very best for next week's grand final. That's the Triple M footy boys, Albie Tallarico. Yay! You're on the back row with Triple M. The GWS, couldn't you have done us a solid? We've got no Sydney teams to look forward to in grand final week. Mm. I mean, what do we do? Go for a walk? Spend time with family? (laughs) Mm, No. What are we going to do? Now, of course, for the Broncos and Roosters fans who are licking their wounds at the moment, it Mm. raises the... Almost unanswerable question. When is it better to lose if you are in the semi-finals? Is it to lose the grand final, or is it just better to get the pain now and not get that close to the prize? What do you think?
2: Yeah, well, as a as a I mean, I said previously on the show as a Dragons fan, I'm actually like a little bit relieved that we did miss the eight right in the end there because uh, I don't believe if we were in the eight that we would have had grand final prospects and it just sort of now I'm able to enjoy this is finals Mm footy without the like anxiety of that and the agony and the false hope. So yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely better to... To go early than you, you don't know, believe in your team. That's what yeah. You're
3: <laughs> Look, uh, it, it, there it is an interesting question, Chris. Because uh, do you, if you get knocked out earlier in the in the playoffs, you can kind of go, oh well, that's it. We're having a mad Monday now, and we'll forget about it, and we'll be relaxed and rejuvenated to watch the grand final. Mm. Or do you go all the way to the grand final to get your hearts broken by the storms? Probably. Yeah. It's kind of like the Bachelor, right? How like if, if, do you want to get eliminated, yeah. like third 100%. last or fourth last? Like maybe do you want to go just before the families are, are met, or I think so. do you want to go? all the way to the end and get let down on that rug in the middle of Bali or wherever yeah, it was right. by some Southeast guy. Asia, somewhere. Yeah,
2: you don't want to be a lease, do you? No. no, you
1: don't want to be. At least he was the unfortunate runner-up in the recently concluded Bachelor. But, of course, we've jumped forward to The Bachelorette. How good is it? Featuring former pop star, and I mean that in both senses of the word, <laughs> Sophie Monk. Are we enjoying it, guys?
2: I am loving
1: it. You're, you're on the Sophie bandwagon?
2: I am. It is so much fun. Like, it's just so uh, the, the Bachelor that just passed. That was the first season I've ever watched off the Hang frame. on.
1: something happened to Maddie J? He's just passed.
3: <laughs> well, this
1: is breaking news. Wow. we, we will. a bit, bit
3: sombre. We will remember uh, him. One,
2: two, three, five, three, <laughs> tell Thank us you for your, your service, um... His name J.
3: was Maddie J. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one knew what the J stood for. Um, no, that one just—that was the first season that I'd ever watched, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually really fun." But now I'm blown away by how much fun it is. Just all mm. this sort of masculine energy. But they're getting on they're like pretty well. Instead of being all like catty, they're like, hey, yeah. mate, cheers. it's what dudes
3: do, isn't it, Rose? Same well, girl. When, in our house, we've always preferred The Bachelorette. Yeah. We've always preferred the season because it comes straight after The Bachelor. Mm. When you think you burn out on the system of, of all the ladies like arguing and then the one guy choosing being a bit of a, you know, a bit arrogant, mm. you you swap them and it is amazing. Because all the boys. Uh, I, I, a lot less competitive when it comes to inside the house, so they just some of them just become yeah. best mates, like That's we're right. the boys, and they all yeah. become comedians and stuff. I gotta say though, Sophie Monk, I, I like her as a, as, a, as a as a bachelorette, but I just every time she shows emotion or interest, I'm worried that it's just acting. No, she's oh, no. an actor. No,
2: she is genuine, and I, she's not an actor. Come on, if we've ever watched <laughs> oh. her. no, good on her. Um, yeah, no, I think she's. Um She's looking for love, mate. I don't know why you
1: can't accept that. I think a lot of what you're saying about the dudes being the dudes is that they've self-selected and they prefer to lose a little bit earlier. It's a
3: party house Mm. for them.
1: By the way, I mean, Sophie, I mean age should be no barrier, but she's uh, declaring 37. There's no upwards guys. There's no one older than her. Is there something wrong with people in their 40s not going on reality television? Right, right. Can we d- arrest that in some way?
2: Well, you want to go on The Bachelorette, don't you, Chris? Look,
1: I did mention last week that I'm not particularly... Sorry, MJ. <laughs> I, I'm not particularly thrilled. No, I don't want to be the contestant. I mean, obviously, I'd be great, but well, yeah, uh, you'd, mm. you'd crash um, I can't believe that I've fallen in love with these 16, 8, 4, 3, 2 people. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> Osher Ginsberg, I mean... He seems like a nice guy, does the right things, but yeah. really, what's his contribution so far on this season? He's just wearing blue suits like Maddie J. <laughs> I really think it's time for a new host of the Bachelorette mm. slash Bachelor, and I think that's me. Yeah. Oh,
2: oh, we love a good campaign here on the back row. Sign me up. We should do it. Okay, I'm calling it new campaign. Get Chris on the back row.
1: It's going to be exciting. Triple oh, On M's the, the bachelor, back row, on the Bachelor. I mean, yeah, Chris Kyle <laughs> well, on the, on back, the back row.
2: <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs>
1: Clem's the back row with AH, Chris, and Rose. That was Cherry Bond by John Mellencamp. He'd lost his cougar by that stage. It could be running around the Illawarra <laughs>
2: Forest, AH. Yes, I think so.
3: John Cougar Bourbon Can, as we used to call him. As, <laughs> as we catapult into summer,
1: it's not all musicals and book clubs for us. We're going to try and find a sport that we can follow, something that can, again, fill that void left yeah. by the departure of the NRL. Andrew Rose, what are you focusing your efforts on as we move to these warmer months?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, this is a big thing for me, that once Rugby League finishes, what do you do? I mean, do you just yeah. stop thinking about full-on contact by two sports players trying to win a game with a ball? Or do you... I refuse. Yeah, Or do you find a replacement? Now, for me, uh, I, I've decided this year to invest in the NFL, the American Football League. Uh, and mm. when I say invest, I mean that, you know, I, I don't have a team in that game so you know a couple of years ago I decided to invest in baseball I watched an entire season of baseball and then towards the end kind of picked a team that, that spoke to me I guess a yeah. team that I enjoyed watching enjoyed cheering for which was I, it turned out to be the Chicago White Sox who never win a game I go so. going in their division
2: <laughs> stone motherless yeah.
3: laugh well, terribly
2: that's very admirable because I, like, I think a lot of people would just be like yeah I'm going to go for the team that the wins all one. the time
1: yeah yeah,
3: yeah like, like, like you, the
2: Storm has so many fans
3: yeah like the you the could Storm. just pick every team that has to do with a Tiger if you go for the Tigers Chris comment yeah. Yeah, I would. I think that's a perfectly valid basis <laughs> to follow teams.
1: And a big shout out to the Bengal Tigers in the uh, local Indian Cincinnati. ice hockey league. <laughs> not watched by that many people, but I'm a fan. And
3: the Tamil Tigers. <laughs> nope. nope. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of watching it at Tiger. the moment and, and thinking about it and uh, trying to choose a team. It's it's not easy to choose a team. You got. To, I'm kind of watching a lot of games, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying having another sport. Candidates candidates uh Seattle Seahawks I like the Seattle Seahawks uh, the LA Rams are a new team I yeah, don't mind are. them I don't yeah. mind them but I'd need to watch more games I can't just rush into something because this is a decision mm. you'll make for the rest of your life once I'm picking an NFL team I'm not changing okay. so it you needs are to be 33 right three
1: years old yes anyway, that's correct <laughs> IH what are you hopping on to
2: uh, look for me um, like I last season I tried to do NBA my mate Morris was really helping me get into it and it like I was like wow this is a really exciting game but nothing captivated me enough to keep me there, even though I did really enjoy it so much. And my next one that I'm really going to focus on is the Scottish Premier League. I tried to do it earlier in the year, but with games sort of late and work schedules and that kind of thing, I I struggled a bit because for me, instead of watching a sport and then choosing a team, which is what I was going to do with the NBA, Mm -hmm. um, for me, I kind of... It's about having the team and then falling in love with the sport, which is how Rugby League happened for me. When I was a teenager living in Wollongong, I hated the place. I couldn't wait to move to Sydney. And then, yeah, 2011, after they'd won the grand final, I kind of, I felt these little pangs of hometown pride welling up. And so I started following, not Rugby League, but the Dragons. So I had a way of cheering for where I came from and fell in love with the game as a result a roots of that. sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. So Scottish Premier League, I get to go for Celtic, you know, personal connection there. I'm Irish. And not only are they the Irish team in that, but they're the Irish rebel team. Uh, So it speaks to me in many ways and I already know most of the club songs.
1: The trouble with that league is there are only two good teams, which of course the Celtic and Rangers. Yeah, the two rivals. Which is why I go for Hibernian, but look. I I also
3: go for the Rangers as well by the way. (laughs) There we go.
1: (laughs) More trouble ahead. Yeah. But literally you're now hoping to fall in love with the game of soccer. I mean, good luck with that. Mm. (laughs) For me, of course, it's all about the cricket and what's really exciting is that Triple M will be calling the ashes this season and all five tests yeah, I'm, five. I'm
2: gagging for it. And, can't wait.
1: And the commentary team is longer than my arm. And as <laughs> I can attest to all listening, my arm is long. But
0: <laughs> I'd like to just talk about
1: who is in the commentary team. There you go.
0: Sorry, this sorted like a Take a, big... a breath.
1: <laughs> Kerry O'Keefe. Okay, it's over. <laughs> I mean, oh, Kerry yeah. is calling for Triple M. That's Shut it. the front door. But I... we've got Adam Gilchrist. We've got Brett Lee. We've got Gus Wallen from the Grill team. Mm. Jason Gillespie, that working hard... Medium pace bowler hey, Chris, who gave everything that, yes.
3: Do boys. you want to hear my Jason Gillespie impersonation? person? I'd love to hear. Oh, he's hit a six.
1: Uncanny. <laughs> that might
2: be what he sounds like.
1: <laughs> Lawrence Bigbal Mooney, Murphy's. I mean, oh, what, a, be
0: oh, what a glittering lineup.
1: Yeah. We've got Issa Guha, uh, we've got narrowly Meadows, Mitchell Johnson, and his moustache. Mick Malloy, who will be beside himself as the Richmond Tigers That's are in the AFL Grand moustache. Final next week.
2: Sorry to interrupt. Such good moustache prospects across you- this.
3: Can you have a mustache as a commentator in cricket? Doesn't the mic fit just under the nose there? They do that little leany mic thing. It, you
1: have to clean it after every session. Oh. You know, it's it's, it's basic, a basic hygiene mm.
2: And a finally,
1: listener. and I haven't been able to mention everyone, but they have Sir Ian Botham. Every commentary team, no matter what your politics are, should have a night. Arise, Sir Ian. We're looking forward to the cricket this summer. You're on the back row, Triple M. Mm. Ugh. Zombie by the Cranberries, the new Far North Queensland Cowboys theme song. Oh,
3: you reckon they should run out in the grand final to that? The <laughs> team that cannot
1: be killed.
3: <laughs> You're on the yeah.
1: back row with A.H. Chris and Rose. And a big shout out to Nicole Kidman for her Emmy that she won earlier this week for Big Little Lies. Oh, good on. Yeah, show her all about how Canterbury-Bankstown writes its contracts.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or oh,
2: Roosters uh, Home ground Number figure No back you to the you. you Back know, to you That sentence didn't come out
1: You know what The Roosters actually came up With the second best Sydney crowds this year so, Oh yeah according yeah. to them Yeah a little bit of Conflation around Anzac Day and Giving away free scarves Trips to Adelaide Oval I mean since when Is Adelaide in Sydney It sounds like another one Of those Carnahan songs Now now, uh, the latest First World problem that's upon us, A.H., is the $10 note. Now, I only deal in hundreds, so you'll have to fill me in.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, for us normal people listening to Triple M, Sidney. uh the new $10 note looks really lovely, but it's being recognised only by people. Uh, and even then, some people are refusing it in kind of like a not-my-president kind of way, <laughs> not-my-blue-note. So basically, the new note, it has a uh, a clear, transparent strip on it, and it's failing to be to be recognised, to be read by vending machines, supermarkets, you know, when you do the self-service checkout, uh, great name, right. uh, and TAB machines as Uh-oh. well. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we've got Melbourne Cup coming up, so this could be potentially disastrous. And the grand final. Yeah, but I'm wondering, as you know, as someone who is a smoker, although I'm cutting down and I'm quitting, um, the whole sort of, you know, they do things to make it a bit harder for you to, uh, to feed that addiction, which thus encouraging fewer people to start with, you know, the outdoor smoking rules here in New South Wales and Sydney. So I'm wondering if maybe this is actually a government tactic ahead of the Melbourne Cup uh, and then from there on to sort of um, minimise oh, yeah, expenditure it. on gambling And junk food.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, they can't get the sugar tax through because our Prime Minister says we've got too many taxes already. So just Mm. make them not work in vending machines. Rose, do you look at $10 notes and go, "Well, that's lovely?" Is that something that you would do?
3: Look, a $10 note, the 5 and the 10 by this time is a novelty, guys. Don't we all just use a card now with scan? Yeah. Why don't uh, you know, gambling machines have the scan card? Like, I don't think i don't think the last time I've had a $10 note in my wallet. I can't remember the last time. So, I'm 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 hoping the new ones nice and pretty, but I don't think this should affect anything really. And so, yet
2: it does. Yeah? yeah. So
3: whilst we're all about responsible gambling,
1: I don't want to see riots out
3: there at ANZ next yeah.
1: week when people mm. are trying to get you know <laughs> the gambling
3: one a is interesting. A lazy can on first try score. Yeah. That is that is interesting though that it, it could affect the gambling. Their, their motto could change from please gamble responsibly just to please can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the footy finishes here. The back row on Triple M. Okay, guys. As
1: you head towards the end of the season, you get a little bit reflective. You want to look back on some of the things that you've talked about, that you've achieved. So I guess it must be time for... back
4: yeah, Grower of the Week.
1: Yes, every week... Oh, sorry about that. Every <laughs> week we've been reflecting on someone that we would like to be part of our metaphoric rugby league team. Someone who adds something coming off the bench, make our lives a little bit better. Now, Rose, mm-hmm. you've had a look back at who's graced our annals over the last few months, haven't you?
3: Yeah, well, we're coming to the end of the rugby league season and I took it upon myself to go back through every episode we've done and listen back to them and, uh, and get all the... Uh, and I tell you, it was a slog, but we got there. Uh, every back row of the week that we've given uh, uh, this time. So I'm going to read out the, the team list, And at the end, I want you to give me your favourite rugby league player of the season when you end sure. alright Chris Gow here's your list Joey Chestnut Nikki from Biggest Loser the AFL journalist Carolyn Wilson and Craig Hutchison Jody Gordon Boston Mark Burgess Alice Cooper Jillaroo Halfback Simone Smith Chase Blair Paddy Mills Tiger Woods Rick Flair Sister to Sister Charity Justice Crew Megan Davis Bonnie Tyler Ian Roberts Air Guitarist Alexander the Ginger Assassin Roberts Love and him. Fluffy the Great White Shark <laughs>
0: First of all I hear
1: Fluffy's doing very, very well off the south coast, off Bateman's Bay at the moment. And I would deny that oh, that, was, that was my list until I heard Justice Crew and I go, that is my list.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and your favourite player of the 2017 season?
1: I can't split Malachi and Dallin wattini right mm. yeah. Simply because you know that I love to say Watini Zalesniak they, over and over again. They're
2: twins, aren't they? No, they're brothers. Oh, okay, Malachi- so I was going to say once upon a time they literally worst
1: yeah. split. No, no, so Malachi that is that. older and <laughs> has Lendoro. come into first grade a little bit after his younger brother. Dallin, of course, right. has played for the New Zealand Kiwis and it'll be a key part of their Rugby League World Cup campaign come October.
3: Very nice. You ready for my back roller of this season? My team? Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Get team us. Rose, Chuck Berry, the Socceroos and Graham Arnold, Vince McMahon, Rob Gronkowski, Robbie Eagles, Jar Rule, my parents, <laughs> my niece, my nephew, my partner, <laughs> Raylene Castle, Max the Uber driver, Robbie Whittaker, Opie, Chester Bennington, Don Lane and Burt Newton, Steve Bartman, the Queen, Steve Allen, Javante Davis, Robbie the Cougar Palmer, the Dog Mayor, Brenneth Paltrow, and uh, finally, Mew meow Ludo Disco Gamma meow meow. And the is, g- is Jarrell your father or your nephew? I'm a bit confused <laughs> on which family member that was. And uh, look, I'm tossing up between Benji Marshall. I've really loved watching Bags. Benji Marshall. Banks in the second a- half, a- in the second half of the season. I-, I think he's done a really good job. I, I think I'm going to stick with Banks. Yeah, I- I've really enjoyed the second half of his season. Ah. Are you ready for your back rower? I've never been more ready. Team AH for 2017. We start off with the teen girl that yelled too much at a Bulldogs game you went to. Yeah, she was great. The Chaser, Johnny Ryan Smith, Aaron Chen, me... Adam West, what now? <laughs> Brad Fittler Teddy Tedesco, Roy H G, Alexandria Harbin, all the donors towards ovarian cancer. Dennis Carnahan, Trent Hodkinson, Andrew Denton, Khalifa Fifi Loa, dra- the drag queens Coco Jumbo, Ivy League, and Vibe. Uh, your your father Frank, and finally the little purple flower emoji <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about
1: that one.
3: Starring oh, in the emoji movie at selected cinemas right now. Uh,
2: never heard of any of them. Yep. Uh, look, while we mention Alex, yes, you can donate to the Ovarian Cancer Research Foundation at ocrf.com.au. Very good friend of mine, 27 years old, passed away two weeks ago. And my back row of the week is Reagan Campbell-Gillard oh, because I can't go past that moustache. I'm definitely down for the ride. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> appearing completely nude on the second year syndrome was... Uh, Beautiful thing for me. How hmm.
1: good was that to see RCG completely nuded up as a result of the Dez Hasler telethon where they tried <laughs> to raise a million dollars to look after Dez in his new career and they managed to raise zero. Get
4: nude for me. <laughs> love it.
1: <laughs> Enjoy the grand final. This is the Back Row Triple M. See you soon. Bye.
3: Yay.
0: Go to Storm. You've been listening to the Back Row Catch-Up here at Live on Triple M Sydney, Sunday night, right after the footy.